Good afternoon and Merry Christmas. Welcome. Please stand and join us in singing.
Jessica Dason. I'm one of the pastors here at Myers Park Methodist Church, and we are so glad that you are here with us on this special and holy day, Christmas Eve, and we pray that you encounter the Spirit of God in this place. We are so glad that you are here. Let us continue on in worship. Church, you may be seated. Let's prepare together for the light of You are the light that shines in the darkest night. You
How does a weary world hold on to hope, practice peace, spread joy, and know love? How does a weary world shine a light into our bleakest night? Tonight, Christ draws near. Tonight, we light the Christ candle. Tonight, we are not alone. God is near. Love has drawn close. Rejoice, for God loves this weary world. able for the reading of our gospel. The gospel reading is from Luke chapter 2. In those days, when Quirinius was governor of Syria, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be enrolled. And each went to his own city to be enrolled. And Joseph also went up from Nazareth to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David to be enrolled with Mary, 
his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to be delivered, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in that region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Be not afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will come to all the people. For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with them an angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying which had been told to them, and all who heard it wondered. But Mary kept all these things, pondering them in her heart. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Growing up, I would hear every once in a while adults saying, you know, Christmas really got away from us this year. And I always thought, how can Christmas get away? How can you forget that Christmas is coming? It's the same day every year, right? December 25th, Christmas Eve, December 24th. I got to tell you, Christmas got away from our family this year. We just put up our Christmas decoration last week. Our tree's about 30 degrees cricket. It won't fix itself. Uh, we're, we're struggling. We're uh, just the other day, a week ago today, as we got done with our nightly routine and put the kids to sleep and my wife and I were uh, laying down to go to bed and parents just kind of read between the lines here of what I'm trying to say. I turned to my wife and said, hey, Hannah, you know, uh, I got a word from Santa Claus that he's really got, got really busy, didn't get a chance to get you anything, but we love each other. Our love transcends these kind of gift business. We'll be all right. Uh, just Santa wants you to know that, that, that we love each other. Santa loves you. I love you. We're all good. My wife turns to me and said, Santa's in trouble. <laughs> I, I, it just is. Uh, so there will be no Christmas cards going out from the Kim's family t this, this year. If you didn't get one, it's because no one got one, all right? And, and it's going to be okay. Merry Christmas. So that's our context. Here's the context of the first Christmas ever from the perspective of Mary, our Mary, 2,000 years ago. Here's a quick recap. Uh, over or under, how old is Mary? Over or under, 15 years. In all likelihood, under. She's 13, 14 years old uh, from Nazareth. It's a town so insignificant it's not mentioned in any of the Hebrew Talmud or even by the Jewish historian Josephus. Uh, these two respective resources named dozens and dozens of towns, never Nazareth until the announcement of Jesus. It's a town of less than 200 in all likelihood. It's a blue-collar town, very uneducated, illiterate. 
And then she gets this word. All the while, she's engaged to Joseph. Angel of the Lord comes before her to say, you're, you're pregnant. And of course, it's not of Joseph, but do not be afraid. It is of the Holy Spirit. And it seems that Mary made peace with it, made sense of this, submitted herself to this. That's wonderful and beautiful. But here's the challenge. Here's the problem. She has to somehow share this news with her family and friends and her neighbors and her fiancé. Will they believe her? Probably not. She's getting ready to deal with the consequences of shame and punishment that will surely come. And then shortly after, she makes her travel to see her relative Elizabeth, who is significantly older than her, we're told. Elizabeth's town is about 80 miles away. It's a nine-day travel. Here is a teenage girl in her first trimester tra traveling nine days to see a relative far away. And then eventually, uh, as she gets closer to the due date, we read here that there is an enrollment, a registry by Caesar Augustus, and they have to travel yet again to Joseph's hometown, Bethlehem. Another traveling. She's more, significantly more pregnant now. And because of this, during their travel, she is now to give birth. And the place of birth is the manger. Because as we have just heard it read, there was no room in the end. So this is the lead up to the very first Christmas ever from the perspective of Mother Mary. Unplanned pregnancy, unexpected travels, an undesirable place of delivery. It's a lot. Right? It's a lot. Now, do you ever wonder, and perhaps you have, because perhaps you have done the same, do you ever wonder if Mary looked to Joseph? Maybe she looked up to the heavens to say, this is a lot. I don't have much to give here. I can't do this anymore. Our church, prior to COVID, on a Christmas Eve, you would have 5,000 or so people. We're going to have 5,000 or so people today for these six services. What number is this one? Three? So there's three more if you want to come back for the later ones. I see a lot of familiar faces. There will be people who are here maybe for the first time. There will be people here throughout the day who are here a few times a year. Regardless of how often you're here, we welcome you. We're so grateful that you're here. You may have different reasons for being here, but I wonder, are you here perhaps for the same reason that Mary might be calling out to the Lord? That there's things going on in your life, in the life of your loved ones, where you may look to one another, you may look to the heavens and say, I don't know how much more of this I can take. Please help. Help me in the midst of all of this. Can you relate to Mary's heart? On that very first Christmas, heart full of divine duality, and we read that Mary kept all these things so close to her heart, heart that has assurance in the midst of suffering, heart full of courage in the midst of fear, heart filled with conviction in the midst of uncertainty. So here are a couple of things about Christmas I think it would be good for us to adhere to, especially from the perspective of Mary, as we journey onward today, as we welcome tomorrow and all the days and weeks and months ahead. Firstly, from the perspective of Mary's first Christmas, we're reminded, 
We're reminded that God's calling in Mary's life, God's calling in our lives, is not something easy, but far oftentimes so difficult that requires sacrifice. God calls us to a life of blessedness, to be sure, but this sense of blessedness is not a life of bliss, but a life of risk. God calls us. The scene at the manger plainly show that this is not, this is not a fairy tale for Mary. Yes? This is not a fairy tale, but a life of blessedness nevertheless. And this blessed call of God in Mary's life and our lives will lead us to a certain type of places with certain types of people, not always those whom we want to be with. But God calls us anyways. So here's the second part about Christmas from the perspective of Mary that we should adhere to and listen to. That it seems to me that in life of Mary, Joseph, the first Christmas, that God is most at work in the midst of so much chaos, so much uncertainty, so much fear, so much pain. But God is there all the more. If we are in the midst of all these things in our lives, those whom we love, let us seek God all the more. For God is at work in us and through us. Is it any wonder then that we are constantly reminded, not only today, but in so many parts of the scripture lesson, Old and New Testament alike, what is one of the most common, common affirmation imperative, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Regardless of the doors that may close and a new path that may open, do not be afraid, for I am with you. Do not be afraid. Jesus, the light of the world, comes in the midst of so many vastness of darkness. And we know this, yes? That great light can only be seen in the midst of darkness. So Christ comes to say, do not be afraid, I am with you. Christ comes in the midst of your darkness. Christ comes in the midst of our darkness. Christ comes in the midst of the darkness in the world. It is God's world, and God says, I am with you. Do not be afraid. Thanks be to God. Let us go to God in prayer. Holy God, we we have been waiting a long time for this day, for the joy and the quiet of Christmas Eve, for the sound of the angel chorus, for the old familiar songs. We have carried weary hearts through the last four weeks of Advent longing for the peace and hope of this day. And now we are finally here. So as we bow our heads, we offer you our most earnest and honest prayers, trusting that once again, you meet us where we are. So today, God, We say thank you 
Thank you for the things in our lives that spark joy. Thank you for the gift of family. Thank you for a slower schedule as many approach vacation. Thank you for infusing this season with practices of generosity. Thank you for the bells and the songs and the candles in the windows. Thank you for the children who squeal with joy and the neighbors who drop off cookies. Thank you for every ounce of beauty that marks this season. It has been made possible for us to join our voices with the angel chorus. However, God, even in the face of remarkable joy, we still bring weary and worried hearts to you this day. Because we know that many have an empty seat at their table this year. We know that many will celebrate Christmas from a hospital room. We know that many have crunched numbers over and over again to see if they could afford a gift. We know that for far too many, the holidays are a reminder that the world is not as it should be. So in between our joy and our weariness, God, we ask that you would make room. Pour yourself into the cracks of our hearts. Bind yourself to our good days and our bad days. Carve out space for your love in the center of our beings so that no matter, no matter where we go, we might trust the angel's song when they say, be not afraid and joy to the world. Until then, until the day when joy overpowers weariness, until the day when there is room for all at every table, until your promised day, we will continue to pray as your son taught us saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, as always, all of our Christmas offering will go toward mission work. Uh, this year, our Christmas offering will go toward our local partners in ministry here, as well as Zoe Ministry, our international partnership to empower and educate our young people. So we invite you to give and give generously. Let us receive our offering with thanksgiving.
friends, as we light from Christ's candle unto the candles of our neighbors, we are reminded of the joy and hope of Christmas. Not only this day, but joy and hope of our Christian discipleship. We're able to claim and witness to this joy and hope precisely because of the love of God. So I invite our ushers to come forward as we share the light of Christ with one another.
Savior, God with us, God among us, hope is here. Let us give witness to this hope in the joy of our faith as we go forth from this place with the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Let all God's people say together, amen. amen. Church, sing with us final blessing. Now I can't deny it, and I won't stay 